Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. They did it. The Cowboys are NFC East champions. They are the number two seed in the NFC. And ladies and gentlemen, we are on to the playoffs. The Cowboys will play the Packers. And tonight, we'll talk a little bit about today's game. And also a little bit of a look ahead to what the wildcard round will be for Dallas. Here we go. What is up, everyone? And welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Prime Time. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand. Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way. Make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button for me if you enjoy the show. Welcome everyone on a Sunday night. It is a great, fantastic, awesome night to talk some Cowboys football because boy, oh boy, they had a busy weekend. The Cowboys, before the game was over, Before the game was over, they pretty much won the NFC East. Before we knew the Cowboys were winning, they won the NFC East because the Philadelphia Eagles took such a bad beating against the New York Giants in New York at MetLife that they quit before halftime. Jason Kelsey, Jalen Hurts, they were pulled from the game. A.J. Brown, unfortunately, was injured. But by halftime, we pretty much knew, hey, The NFC East is in the bag. We knew the Cowboys had secured the division. And as a result, we knew that the Cowboys were going to have a home game at the very least. So what this, what was the second half about? It was about securing the number two seed over the number three seed. And the Cowboys did that. Uh, they had the double-double, as Mike McCarthy calls it. I like to call it a sandwich, right? Touchdown at the end of the first half, and then a touchdown at the end, at the start of the second half. Some people call it middle eight. Some people call it a uh, double-double. Some people call it a sandwich. I like to call it a sandwich. That's my preferred uh, Met Hut, right? But Dallas delivered. They delivered on both ends of the ball, right? Uh, they stuck with the starters deep into the fourth quarter, which I didn't enjoy a whole lot. I didn't enjoy... Uh, seeing Micah Parsons go out there on the field that late in the game. I didn't love watching Dak Prescott play that late in the game and then him running with the ball too and taking hits and walking into like that camera train, I believe they called it. Uh, that wasn't a lot of fun. Uh, but fortunately, the Cowboys walked away mostly healthy. Stephon Gilmore did suffer an injury. He was knocked out of the game. Shoulder injury. The good news, and I'm going to hit you with those right away, is that it seems like Gilmore is going to be ready to go for the wild card round. According to Mike McCarthy, Stefan said that he was going to be, and then Gilmore provided some context himself, and he claimed that it was basically a situation where it popped out, and then they just popped it right back in. So that's what happened uh, during that 
situation with Stephon Gilmore. So that's huge. That is huge for the Cowboys because, man, I think defensively speaking, that is one of the guys in one of the positions that you can least survive an injury in. Because the downgrade that you have from Gilly to Nishan, right, is large, large. You don't want to have Gilly go down there because, you know, it happened early in the year, but you already had Trevon Dix go down at cornerback, especially on the outside. So suddenly that secondary, which is really a good secondary, uh, which allows you to play a lot of man coverage, which allows you to be very aggressive with your blitzing and all of that because you trust what is going on in the back end, uh, that would have been a tough blow for Dallas. So fortunately, does not look like Gilmore is going to be out in the postseason. So the Cowboys avoided a bullet there. They also made a little bit of a gamble, and they had Tyler Smith sit out this game alongside Zach Martin. Now, that's one that we did not expect, uh, but was made official 90 minutes before the game. Uh, reports early in the morning were that Zach Martin was dealing with an illness, you know, and we know that the Cowboys have been dealing with illnesses uh, pretty much for over a month now, I believe. So when we heard about Zach Martin being added to the injury report, I think many of us were like, all right, he'll play. It'll be fine. Maybe he won't be his usual self, but Dallas decided to go another route. Uh, he actually did not play, and I got nervous. As soon as, as those news dropped, I was like, man, oh, man. Dak Prescott behind an offensive line with two backup linemen, with two backup guards against Dayron Payne because Jonathan Allen was in, an, in the inactives list, so that wasn't a, a big, big deal. But still, wasn't ideal, right? And then the game starts. And then the game starts, and you know what happened. Dak Prescott went six for six in that opening drive, moving the chains consistently. They had six pass attempts and only two carries. So this was the Cowboys being like, all right, we are in here to win this one quickly. That's what they were trying to do. And for a moment, it looked like it was going to be a very comfortable win because the Cowboys immediately drive down the field. They get the opening touchdown. Defense is up. And then you have a forced fumble from Jordan Lewis, which he recovers himself. And immediately you're thinking, oh, boy, the Cowboys are in a position to go up 14-0 right away. And this is going to be a ball game very quickly because if Sam Howell needs to deal with this defense dropping back consistently, it's not going to be pretty. And that's what we thought for a moment. We thought that was going to happen. But then things changed very quickly. The Cowboys go for it on fourth down. Then they deal with a fourth and longer situation. Blocked field goal, which is just... One of those things that feels like a fluke, but also breaks a very important record for Brandon Aubrey. And not even because of him later on in the game, he does miss one. His first pure miss as an NFL kicker. But Dallas, man, just maybe this game looked like it was much more complicated than it had to be. Because even with the blocked field goal and then the tipped interception, a la 2022, they seemed to complicate the game, but the Cowboys were always on top of things. And they were always moving the chains, which is why, personally, I didn't find it to be a stressful experience. Not even in the first half. Because every time that the Cowboys offense was on the field, they were moving the chains with ease. And you saw the numbers, man. At the end of the game, 
CeeDee Lamb had 98 receiving yards. He added like another seven rushing the football. Uh, Jake Ferguson had himself 69 yards. Rico Dowdle went over 54, and that was because he had like this 32-yarder, a lot of yards after the catch. But then Hendershot got involved with one catch. Pollard, how about Tony Pollard being used as a receiver and him stepping up uh, in, the, in, in that moment early in the game too? Jalen Tolbert coming up with the opening touchdown. Jalen Brooks with another catch, only for one yard, but still... Man, I hate that in this game where everyone seemed to be so involved, Michael Gallup was still targeted twice with no catches. I still hate that. I hate to see that. Uh, but Dallas had this one in the bag by the third quarter when the Cowboys were up 28-10. and 10. That felt like officially ball game, right? Dallas picks off Sam Howell twice more, like on top of the fumble that they forced. Dono gets a pick. Dayron Bland gets a pick. And Dallas, man, just cruises to a win, 12th win of the season, and the NFC East title. Let me let me talk to you guys in the chat here very quickly after this opening rant from me. Uh, let me talk to you guys. Let me say hi very quickly. We've got Toxic Tom in the chat as usual. We've got Travis. We've got Joey Bella, Joe, Katharina. Who else do we have here? I'm going to miss some people, I think. But uh, we've got Shorty. We've got Ravi here as well. Peter Rizzo. Katharina says, actually, Pollard did all right tonight. He had 70 yards rushing, 4.1 average. By halftime, it was 5.4 yard average per carry. I think that was his number. And he had a touchdown. Had a couple of good moments, of course. There was that angry run where he's carrying commanders, defenders over the middle. And we saw some good runs to the outside as well. And I know some people have complained about maybe not seeing a lot of outside zone looks and that sort of stuff. Uh, there was a counterplay that comes to mind where you saw TJ Bass just climb to the second level quickly and explosively and him getting work done uh, there as well. You guys are not going to believe me when I tell you this, but of course, of course, of course, I didn't plug the computer. And man, it happens like every one or two weeks and I hate it. I hate it when I have to go through this whole thing. Where I got to stand up and go get the charger for the PC because it makes me look like an amateur, but I just don't, man. I just don't. Uh, let me change to the other mic very quickly. <laughs> makes me look like an absolute noob, man. But anyways, I'll talk. I'll talk while you while you listen to the show here very quickly. Actually, I'm going to just hurry, hurry to the computer. Hey, man. Oh, yeah, man. I'm falling here on the studio. Camera, all right? All right, guys. You can make fun of me. That's going to be that's gonna be quite the blooper for the year, man. The Cowboys are winning the NFC East, and we're just forgetting to get the computer plugged in as usual, man. <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things, Mo, says Stevie Mac in the chat. <laughs> man. I deserve all of the fun, man. I deserve all of the fun that you guys are making. I, I almost fell, like, backstage. I, you don't have to know that because you didn't get to see it, but I'm still being honest with you. I'm keeping it real with the chat. Anyways, uh, yeah, Pollard did well. I was talking about TJ Boss climbing to the second level. I think, I think the backup guards were actually pretty fire on this game, and I was very concerned about that. Commander's defensive line isn't the same as before. 
Chase Young and Monte Sweat not being there are it like is a game changer, right? Because even if you have talented defensive linemen inside, they're not going to be that much of a threat when you don't have those edge rushers really being a nightmare for your tackles. You're going to be able to come up with answers. And I think TJ Voss and, and Brock Hoffman were actually pretty solid. That final touchdown where, where Dak Prescott is sitting back with a clean pocket and finding Brandon Cooks as he works towards the right corner of the end zone. You go back and watch that replay and look at the protection. It's so clean. It's Dak Prescott having so much time to get it done. And then more than twice in this game, we saw even uh, we saw even more from the running backs in pass pro. And that was a big conversation in the offseason. Mike McCarthy talked about putting more in their plates. And boy, they've delivered. I don't think watching Tony Pollard excel in pass pro is anything new. In fact, I know that's one of the things that fans praise the most about Ezekiel Elliott. But even in 2022, Pollard had the better numbers blocking. I'm not trying to knock on sick. I'm trying to elevate Pollard with this comment. And he was on fire again, picking up the blitzes. And you saw Rika Dowdle get his hands dirty in this game too. One moment that I that stood out for Hoffman, by the way, before I forget, uh, because man, and Stevie Max actually bringing one of them up. He says Hoffman flattened a dude on the on one play and had that good push and TP on that near end zone run. There was that I think that was his twelve rush, twelve yard rush, which was the the longest for Pollard in this game. And then there's another like moment for Hoffman that comes to mind, and it is a very silly moment. Like I know sometimes we make a, a big deal out of these kind of things, but when CD lamp is hit late and then a flag is thrown on the field, like CD goes to the ground and there's a commander's defender that follows him to the ground and hits him late. Uh, Hoffman is right there, right there to stand up for CD man and, and show his face to the commander's defender. And I kind of like that because Many times you see the backups go in and maybe they that sort of details, that sort of mentality and mental toughness, maybe sometimes they don't show it. So I think it's relevant, man, to see Hoffman go in there and then be right there for his teammate when he is uh, when he is uh, hit late. Toxic says Brock Hoffman has the name of a trust fund kid. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Oh, by the way, breaking news, breaking news for y'all. Cowboys Packers will be Sunday, 3.30 Central Time on Fox. This is breaking news. Just tweeted out by Adam Schefter and all of the reporters. 3.30 Sunday, Cowboys Packers. Let's get it. It is now official. You know, the, the, they don't announce the times. They don't announce the times, but uh, right away. But now we know. Now we know Sunday, 3.30 p.m. Central Time, AT&T Stadium. Obviously, you know where it's going to be played, and it's going to be played on Fox. I'm not going to lie. I think that's actually very relevant news for the following reason. Now there is a Monday night wildcard game, and you and, and actually the Cowboys have already played in it. When the Cowboys played the Tampa Bay Bucks the last time in the playoffs, it was a Monday night game. And that's always... Uh, controversial thing when you're talking about having potentially short rest in the postseason that is different as in the regular season so having the Cowboys play on Sunday to me feels like a win at this point 
Because with Dallas being Dallas, man, you would have assumed that they would have pushed that to Monday night. But I guess that the Packers maybe are not that big of a pull nowadays. Um, and by the way, we'll talk about this game in a little bit here. We'll talk about this game too. Uh, but yeah, thanks for breaking news on Cowboys games is the guru. Guru, by the way, says, I love how we finally used running backs in pass game. Rico on the flare swing and Pollard on the wheel route. And man, shout out to Jay Tuck because we were talking about that earlier in the week on Twitter because I was thinking about how the Cowboys, and we talked about it briefly here on the show. I was thinking about how much quarters the Cowboys are facing. If you look at the Cowboys offense, the Cowboys are actually one of the teams that faces the most quarters. And that makes sense because that means this is an explosive offense where defenses are trying to take the deep ball away. And I was thinking, man, if we used our running back, if running backs in the in the passing game a little bit more, maybe that could go a long way. And we and I tweeted out that, hey, give me a pass catching running back in the NFL. And Jay Tuck was like, man, we have one, <laughs> TP, but they just don't use him as such. I want to see more of that. I want to see more of of uh, Tony Pollard running a wheel route and uh, or or like a flare swing, as TV Mac pointed out for for Rico. I want to see more of this route from running backs, which are not just check, check down runs, right? Where they maybe help out in pass pro a little bit, and then they just run to the check down and that's it. I want to see a little bit more of intentional routes, if you will. Let's see here. Los Altos says, Mo, who's taller out of you and will steal? Man, I am willing to bet confidently confidently that Will is taller than me. I know he's also a member of Short Man Committee, but uh, but yeah, I'm willing to bet Sky is, is taller than me. Uh, and and I, that's a confident bet from me. Man, I'm not taller than Deuce Vaughn. I, I've, I've told you. I've told you I'm not taller than Deuce Vaughn. Shorty says that the Cowboys are saving it for the playoffs. I mean, maybe. Maybe they're saving some of that for the playoffs, right? Using the running backs in the passing game. But I don't think that's the kind of thing you hide in your playbook. Sure, you're you're uh, saving some concepts and some change-ups on concepts that you use consistently, right? So get ready to see some crazy logos in the playoffs. That's what I would be expecting, that kind of stuff. But I'm not sure. I think that the running back thing might be a little bit more of a mentality thing too, where it's something that they want to do or they don't want to do. And honestly, if you look at the overall season, that's something that they just don't do. And I'm, I'm not sure if they're going to turn that switch up in the postseason. Maybe that's the case, but I wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't bet a whole lot on it. Uh, Solid Duck says, how do we know the game will be on Sunday? It's just now being tweeted by the reporters like Adam Chefter, Michael Gelkin, Todd Arker. I think pretty much all of those have uh, tweeted something out on it. So if you want to go to Twitter to confirm... But solid duck, man, I promise you, that's what's being reported right now. Central time, Sunday, Cowboys Packers. Tony Simmons is running back, working the middle of the field, along with wheel route and dump offs. Maybe some choice routes as well, right? Let's get those involved, especially against quarters. And I'm just talking like specifically when they're playing you that much too high looks, you know, and trying to take the deep ball away exploit that space underneath. I think that's what would make more sense for Dallas, and I would love to see more of that. Uh, before we move on to the Packers, guys, 
Let me know in the chat. Man, one word. One word for Brandon Aubrey missing two field goals today. And maybe even if you want to include him making one at the end. Because my one word would be... What would be my word? I guess I would go with relief. And I'm not going to say it in the sense that, oh, yeah, now he's not going to be pressured for the streak or anything like that. Because I think that's overblown. I think it's rhythm. And, hey, I don't think that Brandon Aubrey is going to be more nervous about a potentially game-winning field goal in the playoffs if he has a streak versus when he doesn't have a streak. But I was relieved to see him make one. At the end, you obviously won the touchdown in that final situation where the Cowboys were looking for the touchdown. But for him to make a 50-yard field goal late in the fourth quarter to make it 38-10, to 10, that felt like a major relief for me. Because I didn't want to go into the wildcard round with a similar mindset to when the Brett Maher misses happened last year where you're like, how is he going to look in the playoffs, right? Because the last time that he was out there, he missed twice. One was blocked and another was a miss. But still, those are two attempts that you failed as a unit and individually. But you failed something that you were not failing at all throughout the entire season. So for him to hit that 50-yarder was very relieving. Because I was getting very nervous about that. Very nervous about it. Uh, let's see what you guys have to say, though. Toxics is human. Peter Rizzo's is human. Stevie Max's derp. <laughs> Gucci's a splendid. Joey Bella. Uh, let's see here. The block killed the streak. Man, it did. It mean it did. Justin, excuse me. Uh, Los Altos says butter redemption for Travis Power. Mule for Anton. Graduation. That's a good one too. Blocking for Tony Simmons. Uh, thought he only missed one field goal mo. So it was actually two of them because one was the block. I mean. I'm including the block here. I know basically that might not count as a miss like in the real world, but you know, it will go down as 0-2 for, <clears throat> for, for Brandon Aubrey when it's all said and done. Like his numbers are going to be three attempts and, <clears throat> sorry, three attempts and, and uh, one miss, right? I think actually in the records, it also goes down as one miss only, but then the other one, which was blocked, right? Let's see here. Uh, block is a miss on the stat chase is Anton. You know, now now I think they separate them, Anton. I thought the same. I, I thought the same. Like, it does go down as 0 for 3, I believe. 1 for 3, excuse me. But I'm seeing right now in the in, in the official NFL stat system, which is uh, Jesus, G, G general system and information, something like that. But it does separate them. That's new for me. Like one field goal, it says one field goal miss and then one field goal blocked. I didn't know that. That might be new. It happens as Carlos, but he recovered nicely. And man, that's what that's what matters. That's what matters. And and man, I'm I'm uh excited about it since he got that uh 50-yard field goal right at the end of the game. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on a little bit here. I don't I don't know that we want to really dive into a commander's game that was 38 to 10. I think that right now what's on everybody's minds is the next game up because it's the postseason, baby. And the Green Bay Packers are up for Dallas. So let me know in the chat 
from one to 10, how confident are you? How confident are you in facing the Packers? How confident are you in the Cowboys winning against the Packers? That's the more accurate way of putting this question for y'all. Last week, when we went over the likeliest opponents for Dallas, this was likeliest, uh, Green Bay. And maybe the fact that the Rams played without their starters, maybe they changed that a little bit, like the, the odds, but they still beat the San Francisco backups. Uh, so the Cowboys are going to be facing the seventh seed, which is Green Bay. And in my opinion, last week, that was something that was a positive for Dallas. That's the rival that I wanted the most, or I at least wanted it more than I wanted the Rams or even the Seahawks, who at the end of, of things are, are not going to be making the postseason because they didn't get the combinations that they needed, even though they beat the Arizona Cardinals. They're just not going to be in the playoffs. So let's see what you guys have to say. From 1 to 10, how confident are you in beating the Green Bay Packers? Altos is 10. Katharina goes with 9.5. Joey Bella goes with the 11. Oh, boy. 100 out of 10. It's a solid duck. 8 for Peter Rizzo. Big Benny Ridge goes with 15. Ty goes with 100. 99.9% for Anton. 10 for Tani. We've got a 8-9 a over here. Carlos goes with the 10. Victor Maldonado goes with the 10. Ty goes with the 10. All right. All right, guys. I'm seeing a lot of confidence, and I don't blame you for it. I, I'm going to go with an 8. I'm going to go with an 8 or maybe 7.5. It's got to be a high score for me because the way that I put it, like if I'm saying 1 to 10, that, that means 5 as close as a tie as possible, right? I don't know. feels like he coins us in 4 then I would say that's me leaning towards the Packers winning the ball game. So I got to go with an 8. I got to go with an 8 in my opinion. And here's why. Out of all of the defenses that are going to be playing in the postseason, that are going to be playing in January, the Packers is the worst per DBOA. If you look at efficiency, that is the worst defense, both AFC and NFC combined. There's no worse defense than the Green Bay Packers in the playoffs. They're 28th in DVOA. Shout out to the Eagles because they're 27th. I just I felt like I had to point that out. I think you guys would think it's a fun fact. But the Packers are 28th, man. Joe Barry has no answers for the running game. And even though I look at the Cowboys as a passing team, and I think they should really lean into that in the playoffs, at least I know that they're struggling rushing offense, and it has been struggling. We look much better against Joe Barry's unit. Not only that, but also you look at coverage, and I don't think they have they have what it takes to slow down somebody like C.D. Lamb, especially not with the way that Mike McCarthy is getting the ball to C.D. Lamb and Dak Prescott is getting the ball to C.D. Lamb. I've said this more than once, and I'm going to say it again. And I think that today's game is yet another example of it. The biggest reason, the biggest reason why you would hope or you would have hope for the Cowboys going on a legit Super Bowl run and making it that far is a combination that is Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb at this point. There's just, I don't think anybody's doing it better in the NFL in terms of a duo between a quarterback and a pass catcher. And I think that maybe the only exception to that rule could be Tua and Tyreek who have been killing it as well together this season. I think McCarthy and the Cowboys have basically 
zone beaters and man beaters with CD Lamb. I don't think I think that you need to have like a top tier cornerback to slow them down. And even with Jair Alexander, I'm not sure that the Packers have that. I really like I really like Jair. I think that he's a solid cornerback. But man, I, I just don't see CD being slowed down in this game. Specifically, I don't think they have the safeties. I don't think they have the personnel. And specifically, I don't think they also have the pass rush to get to Dak Prescott in a way that breaks that relationship with CD too. They do have Rashawn Gary. And Rashawn Gary versus Terrence Steele is going to be a little bit of a mismatch. But it's, since it is just him on the right side that really scares you, I can see the Cowboys figuring that one out like they have in previous games. Where, sure, Terrence Steele is a little bit of a struggle, especially when he's one-on-one. But the Cowboys are sending help consistently. If it's third and long, you get Jake Ferguson flexed out, but very close to the line of scrimmage to deliver that blow. Or Tony Pollard, or Lipke, or Rico, or Tolbert. They get all of them involved in those situations. And I would assume the Cowboys aren't going to be able to deal with it. So I think that is the best matchup the offense could have asked for in the playoffs, at least in round one. I think that's the best matchup they could have asked for, offensively speaking. Now let's flip the page very quickly and let's go to the defense. And again, we're going to dive deeper into all this later in the week, but I just wanted to get some early thoughts on it out I will, I will talk a little bit here about Jordan Love. Jordan Love is no Aaron Rodgers. And I understand looking at the Packers as a Cowboys boogeyman because they have been the boogeyman in previous years. Not in the same way as the 49ers have, but even last year, the Cowboys went to Lambeau Field as a favorite to win the game and failed to do so because Aaron Rodgers was Aaron Rodgers. Christian Watson became the newest Nightmare in Dallas. And... The Cowboys lost that game, and I think a lot of people fear that happening. Now you move on to these playoffs, and people are maybe, you know, being like Mufasa, right? Because that's the kind of matchup that, hey, makes you think about the past a little bit. But Aaron Rodgers is no longer there, and I'm not really scared, scared about that offense. However, Jordan Love is pretty good, and Matt LaFleur is a heck of a play caller, and they've got receivers. So it's not the best, it's not the easiest offense to slow down. And Jordan Love is among the top 15 QBs under pressure. He's among the top 15 QBs when he's kept clean. He can handle the blitz. He can do this crazy fadeaway jump shot where he really looks like he's playing basketball when he tosses like a 70-yard bomb down the field and gets there. Got a crazy arm. So he's going to challenge the Cowboys' defense. And they do have a, a very solid wide receiver core, top 15 unit, or top 10 unit, actually, receiving-wise, according to PFF grades. And, yep, they were subjective, but just to give you an idea, they do have Romeo Dubs, they do have Dontavian Dix, Jaden Reed. All of them have over 500 receiving yards, and so does Christian Watson. Actually, Christian Watson has under 500, but over 400. And he could be rejoining the team. Uh, he's been inactive for five straight games, but he could be coming back in the playoffs. Looks like that is a possibility. And yet, however, you know, as much as we could talk up these wide receivers and this offense, man, I'm mostly excited about Mike McCarthy taking on the Packers. That's peak motivation for you. 
right there. And seeing Mike and Matt LaFleur go at it will be fun, especially for a do-or-die game. They don't face each other directly because they're both offensive play callers, but it's going to be quite the matchup where you want to see who plays the best chess on this one. Uh, game management-wise, we know McCarthy will need to step it up because, man, if it, if it ends up being a close game, there will be no room for those sort of mistakes. Now, let me say this too. Cowboys are seven and a half point favorites for this wildcard game. So Vegas likes the Cowboys, man. One of the largest betting spreads uh, for the wildcard round so far. Actually, I think maybe the largest so far. I think it dropped down to seven, by the way. I, I looked at it when it was at seven and a half. So yeah, it is the largest so far. There are still some betting spreads yet to come out. And maybe the Steelers will cause a, a larger betting spread. But for now, it's Dallas. And again, defensively, great matchup for Dallas. Like offense versus the Packers defense, great matchup. Packers offense versus the Cowboys defense, not necessarily going to be pretty. Uh, but hey, at least it's not Aaron Rodgers, which is a big win, at least, I guess. Let's see what you guys have to say in the chat here. Uh, let's see here. I do not want Cowboys on Peacock streaming. I don't have a Peacock subscription. Oh, is it going to be on Peacock? Not going to lie, guys. I, I cannot help a whole lot there because I watched them in Mexico. Let's see. Dallas game will not be streamed on Peacock, says Carlos. No way Jerry or the NFL allows that to happen. Too much money involved to be streaming the boys in the playoffs. Man, I don't know. I didn't know that was a possibility at all, honestly. No, it, it will be on Fox. I, I, I told you, yeah. Now that I think about it, I just said it was going to be on Fox, right? Like, let me let me confirm. But I remember seeing that in the Twitch that we just referenced. Uh, yeah, on Fox. Yeah, so don't worry about that. It's going to be on Fox. You're going to be good. Greg Olson is going to celebrate at yet another Cowboys game. <laughs> I think, man, I think as much as you like the Cowboys, even if you do, I don't know if Greg Olson does. I don't remember that. But Kevin Barkhart and Greg Olson have to be done with Dallas, right? It feels like that's the one team they've called all season long. I, I swear every time I put on a Cowboys game, it's the same announcer crew. And that's the thing, man. <laughs> Aaron versus Love, 40 million is the difference. That's it, says Tani. Oh, wait, Tani, do you mean like Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers is the same guy? Because I would disagree there. And I like what I've seen from Jordan Love. I just think he's no Aaron Rodgers. At least not yet. You know, it won't be the same Aaron Rodgers revenge game, but hey, time to move on, says Guru. Ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be a fun game, and we're going to dive deeper and deeper into it as the week moves forward. Uh, we're going to talk about the offensive line, which, by the way, also good. Green Bay has a good def offensive line, excuse me. Top 10 according to PFF, and I think according to ESPN and Sports Info Solutions, also near the top 10 ranking. So, Dallas is facing a decent offense. Uh, so it's going to be a close one, maybe, maybe. Uh, seven points, say the odds maker. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but you also get the Eagles and Bucks playing on Monday. That one is official. Monday night football, Eagles, Buccaneers. And then on Sunday, you also get the Rams and the Lions. And then Saturday, it's going to be Cleveland, Houston. And then whoever wins tonight's game versus the Steelers. And no, wait. Yeah. And then... Actually, no, I don't think so. I think if the if the man, I don't even remember what the AFC is gonna shake out like, but I do believe like if the Bills lose, they get the Steelers, right? Let me make sure here. 
No, so if the Bills win, actually, they get the Steelers, duh. That makes way more sense. Sorry about that. And then Miami plays the Chiefs. And then if the Dolphins win, it's a repeat of this game. You get Buffalo and Miami in back-to-back -back weeks, which would be fun as heck. And then you get Pittsburgh going up to Kansas City. So that's why I'm going to be rooting for Miami the rest of the night, just to see the chaos, just to see a repeat game back-to-back. -back. Bills visiting the Dolphins only to visit the Dolphins again in the wildcard round. It's going to be fun as heck. Uh, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight here on the show. And I'll see you tomorrow night at 8, at 8 p.m. Central here on the show. Uh, actually, let me say this. Let me say this. I'm not sure yet, but there's a possibility that I don't go live at 8 p.m. Central because chances are you and me too, but chances are we're going to be watching Michigan, Washington. So let me make sure, but I just want to warn you, we might get into this spot where we go live at halftime because I don't want to keep you away from Michigan, Washington. And honestly, I don't want to miss it either. I want to miss a little bit of it. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I'll try to warn you in the in the community page on YouTube. But yeah, let's let's try to aim for that. And I'll see you tomorrow night. We'll talk some Cowboys football. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.